everything should be looked at uh, through the lens of engineering and efficiency. But with the premium, the lead metric uh, is human well-being. So that needs to be a value that's inherent in the system. That's what we're. That's what it's. It's for. It's for that. Hello, everyone. My name is Stephen Parton, and you are listening to the Feedback Loop on Singularity Radio, where we keep you up to date on the latest technological trends and how they're impacting the transformation of consciousness and culture from the individual to society at large. Today, we have actor, comedian, and musician Reggie Watts, who many of you might recognize from the Late Late Show with James Corden, where he leads the house band, or from one of his many amazing performances, which often involve some variation of beatboxing, loop pedals, or virtual reality. Now, like many of the truly funny comedians in the world, Reggie has a keen intellect and curiosity, which he often turns towards his interest in technology and society. And we explore that interest deeply in this episode as we talk about creating content with technology, the failures of the digital advertising model, how to escape the attention economy, the benefits of basic income, and how to bring out the best in people when their needs aren't being met. As usual, before we jump into it, I want to quickly remind you that we are currently offering two free weeks of premium membership at Singularity, and we're also accepting applications for our upcoming executive program, which takes place from November 7th to the 11th in Silicon Valley. You can check out the episode description for links to both of those if either would be something that you are interested in exploring farther. Now with that out of the way, let's get to the real reason you're here. Everyone, please welcome to the feedback loop the hilarious and talented Reggie Watts. Yeah, are there aspects of the future of technology and creativity that you're really excited about? Are there things that you're looking forward to that are coming down the line? Like I know you're a big fan of augmented reality and virtual reality. Have you, what are some of the experiments that you've been doing with that? Well, you know, I've been, it's funny. I, I dip in when there's something new to experience um, the technology, the user interface, so forth. Generally speaking, it, nothing's really like blown me away, like blown me away, like hundred percent, you know. Um, but we're we're getting there. We're like we're slowly working our our, our way up. So, someday, someday we'll have at least in v, the VR space, um, we'll have a piece of hardware that is standalone uh, that's able to stream, uh, you know maybe up to 8k uh at least 4k per eye or maybe even more uh for uh, you know with foveated rendering and you know and all of these uh inside out tracking that's like really good you know also mouth tracking you know all the stuff that has a pretty decent battery life um and you can just throw it on and it's ready to go and it's not a stupid oculus quest so like <laughs> it's just like please enter your facebook accounts like you know what fuck off like i'm not giving you my facebook account so you can throw and then throw ads in there we just need a, a hardcore standalone piece of gear you just throw it on there's like a store or two stores you can choose from to get your experiences and you're just ready to go um and right now we're not quite there so I'm, i am excited about the prospect because vr is picking up that's mm -hmm. the good 
And as much as I hate Oculus, you know, they are making it very popular. But um, someone hopefully is going to swoop in and go like, this is how you do VR. Like, uh, thank you, finally. Um, but, uh, yeah, so augmented reality, obviously, you know, Apple's got their their system that's going to come out at some point. That's going to be very exciting. People are going to hack the crap out of that, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but they're not quite robust enough for me to say that this is a useful part of my life that I will, that I can just, Oh, I've got an idea. I'm just gonna throw on my headset. Like I'm not quite there yet. It's more like, okay, let's uh, make sure I've updated all the firmware. Okay. That's good. Oh, I'm having a little bit of trouble. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to start the headset before I open this program. Like there's just a lot of engineering, you know, stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, the controllers are responding. Oh, low batteries. Okay. Oh, whatever. So it's not quite as like fast. It's, it's beautiful once you're in there, of course, but it's not white of zone where I'm like, I can't wait to make something, you know, and then I think of VR. I don't really think of that. I think of VR as more like an experience. You design an experience, you put people in the headset and they experience something. So it's more like a production intensive mm -hmm. thing at this point. Are you excited about that move to the digital space of entertainment? Like there's a lot of like pros and cons and gives and takes whenever you adopt a new technology. Uh, do, do you feel like yeah. the pros outweigh the negatives in, in that sense? I think so too. I mean, we're only limited by our imagination. You know, um, it's really uh, as prices come down for developing um, technologies and as uh, standards increase, uh, standardization um, increases uh, ubiquity. So there's just like kind of more of a couple solid standards uh, for transmission, whether it's like wireless, like high bandwidth, um, you know, video, audio, whatever, multimedia pass through to a headset. Those types of things will like help hugely because right now it's like well i've got this but this is enterprise oh it's for enterprise it's not really made for users this prosumer well this is like a kind of low-tech okay low-tech prosumer enterprise it's all over the place and uh it's hard hard to verify or it's hard to understand who it's for all the mm -hmm. time so, but i think um i think that moving in the digital space where you can just walk into a room and you're and you're already tracked and maybe there's rear projection walls or whatever, or just front projected walls, and you can interact immediately in a digital space, but you're just using your your organic sensors, uh, you know, to look around you and engage in a space without wearing any gear. Um, that possibly may happen. Um, I think once we're able to naturalistically just jump into something and go, I think you're going to see some pretty amazing stuff, especially for... Uh, performers, you know, I, I want to be. I used, you know, I was running, I was doing uh, alt space VR shows um, back in the day, and I remember like wearing the Perception Neuron, you know, version one Perception Neuron suit, you know, um, which is like a motion tracking suit and like doing the T pose and calibration, all that stuff. And then I had that on, then I had all my had the VR rig on, and I had the controllers, but then I had my music gear in front of me. And then there was like a proximity pass through. So as I got close to my gear, I could see the outline of the of all my gear. And I just had to let go of the 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 joysticks. So they're just dangling around my wrist. So the the puppet that I, or the avatar that I'm puppeting, the hands start dangling like this. And then I'm grabbing a microphone and singing with a microphone that has a dangly hand. But I'm like performing and I kind of see the outline of what I'm you know, it's it's very 
crude and i thought it was kind of hilarious yeah i love um, it you know and there's like a, a team of eight people there you know like making sure things are running smoothly you know so I, I do like the technical nature of it back then but i think for the future going forward if you want to perform in vr for people if it's a live stream or something like that you need something that's a little bit more naturalistic and easy to just jump into and that that's coming down the road someone's going to crack it at some point what was that like doing comedy in vr like without the audience the ambiance the the laughter like being right there in your face being able to read people's facial expressions <laughs> well i mean you do get some, a little bit of feedback and like the little bubbling like emoticon stuff um i don't you know i don't really i don't really mind it like i i I don't necessarily need to hear an audience. If I know an audience is there, um, I, I can kind of feel like if something's working or not, like I don't necessarily need the laughs to know um, because it's also just the, the format, you know, that's just how it is. So you just either, either you adapt or you don't do it. Um, but for me, I, I, yeah, I, I had a great time jumping in and doing comedy. The first time I tried it was at Jash Fest in the desert the only one that ever happened but uh uh all space was set up they had like a little tent and they're like hey you want to do comedy and and i was like yeah and i just like put on the the rig and like went in and immediately was like oh this is the shit this is like this is what i want to be doing um and yeah and i have had a good time i've done many shows for alt space and uh, one show for sansar as well um but i'd have to say i enjoyed I enjoy alt space. I just wish that the interface was a little bit easier to use, but they're working on it. They're, they're, they're doing a great job. Yeah. Is that a medium you're still into playing right now? Or are you kind of waiting until it does make that upgrade to the next, to the next tier? Well, I've been talking, I had a meeting with alt space in alt space and they showed me some new things they're working on and, uh, their avatars look really good. They're, they're really doing a great job at making them, their eyes, look like they're looking at you um the expressions mm. are really naturalistic they're still very cartoony but very expressive and uh everyone looks super cute and uh it's great like i, I think that i think that it's the way that it looks and the things that they're adding to it are amazing and really it's just the tech needs to catch up the interface needs to catch up um i think that i think that it looks very promising so i'm stoked to do more shows with alt space for sure um, and I'll, you know, I'll wear my gear, but their, their new stuff that they're doing as well, it, it does free you up a lot. So, um, that's nice, but, uh, yeah, I think it's a hardware, you know, content, uh, interface race, you know, it's like mm-hmm. hardware is kind of like lagging a little bit behind software is getting better. The experience, the world design is getting really good. They're solving a lot of problems that way, but the hardware still needs to just kind of, let's just, just kind of like just to have a growth spurt there needs to be a growth spurt there, there's going to be some kind of a uh there's going to be some kind of a crack where we get like oh 180 degree field of view oh and and really tall big and wide like the huge like naturalistic scope of the world and then uh, again like body tracking and like being able to see your mouth and like read your mouth movements and have that puppet in your avatar all that stuff so well i don't know we'll see i think that you know, next two years, I think we're going to see some pretty crazy shit. But in the meantime, I'll continue testing and trying it. What was the push for uh, WhatsApp? Because that's a new thing that you created, correct? Yes. Yes. How recent? WhatsApp. How recently was that? Uh, it's been going all through the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
I, I'm still trying to figure out how to use it more. Um, you know, once you have an app, so it's, it's kind of like, it's good to have the app because it's ready to go. If it wants to go through an evolution, like we're, we, there's a platform that I can start to use. I'm actually in the process of, uh, finding a creative director to work with, uh, that can kind of help push kind of quarterback and push through the various projects that I have. Cause right now I can make lots of stuff, but what I do with it is a, a whole nother ball game. It'll be nice to have someone to kind of go like, Oh, we could use this this way. And we could, you know, we could do this or we could do that. Um, so we'll see. But, um, yeah. So WhatsApp was created as a, as a platform for me to kind of, uh, put things on, on it that I make, uh, to stream things, to have a store where I can sell, uh, stuff that I don't want anymore. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of an everything. It's just kind of like a platform that I'm going to keep running until it really has a, a huge hyper purpose. Mm-hmm. Was there was there a drive behind it that made you not want to use like traditional media like websites or YouTube or other things to promote your stuff? Like, what was there a drive that made you want to make it an app that's kind of more under your control? Yeah, I mean, I guess you know Facebook buying instagram i was i knew it was going to turn to shit and it's mostly it functions but i i use it very basically you know i i've always used it like i use tumblr it's just a chronological display of my life as i move forward on occasion i promote something but it's mostly just like these are things that are happening in my life so i can look back and go oh that's crazy but um so I use it that way, and I, and I, some of the other functions like stories, I guess I, I I use that for a long time. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's like you know, there's only so many so many ways you can slice audio and video, you know, and claim that it's new. So um, so it, it is a little annoying in that they're always trying to like, they you know they look at somebody else's thing, it becomes popular, then they copy it directly, and then try to implement it just to kind of keep engagement up and then sneak ads in there to sell shit. So that, that part kind of gets a little tiring after a while. Um, and I'm sure there's great people at, at Facebook, you know, it's just a, it's just people at the end of the day. Um, so I'm not faulting people. It's just also just capitalism, but, uh, I wanted a place where people can go and see my stuff and know that they don't have to worry about any of that shit being tracked or, you know, their behavior being logged or like an ad popping up. Um, you just, open the app and that's what it is and that's all it is so you don't have to you don't have to worry just a place to relax and see my stuff yeah do you feel like we're going in a bad direction with that stuff right now i mean are you optimistic about the way things are playing out the ads i know you were in that film creative control for instance that had a a, a, talked about people with ads like coming in and invading people's experience um and that's a real struggle right now but are you optimistic about it uh, I think so. I think it's a growing pain. I think we're, I think it's like, you know, we're like tweens moving into teens when it comes to technology. We're still kind of pretty primitive. Uh, the, you know, the way that Facebook and others are monetizing the internet is very, very primitive and kind of low bar thinking. It definitely generates a lot of revenue, obviously, to keep innovating technologies, but it's driven by capitalistic, uh, a capitalistic engine, which many would argue like, well, that's just how, that's how you generate money. But, you know, I think subscription based models are going to kind of become a little bit more popular, especially if someone creates a really good service that, that is easy to use, 
connects people really easily and it's subscription based and you don't have to worry about ads or any of that shit. And they, maybe they'll track like, uh, the stats and things like that just to kind of improve things like internally for the, for the app, but it's never used for selling information to advertisers and things like that. I think that that once someone cracks that, it'll be great. I mean, it's like essentially a Netflix model, right? It's like mm-hmm. Netflix never ran ads. They, they're doing great. So there needs to be a social network that is subscription based, um, you know, and, or Instagram could kind of fix that by just becoming subscription based and just do like a, an Instagram, I hate to use the word plus, but you know, something, something, Something like that, where you're like, oh, yeah, let's just do, you know, or, uh, you know, YouTube did that. I was really happy about that when YouTube did YouTube Premium. I mean, they're still, like, obviously collecting data, but at least I don't have to see any ads. Because that's, that's my biggest enemy in the world is seeing an ad. And it's gotten bad, too, man. It's gotten really bad, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, like twice a video. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Or Spotify, you know, like when someone doesn't have a Spotify premium account, and it's like, you'll love these new napkins. They're blah 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 blah. Now back to your music, and then it's like Tame Impala, and you're like, what the fuck? No, I'm. Yeah, not you just really that. killed the vibe. I'm not doing that shit. I can't do it. So, I think safe space social networking is going to be a huge deal. I hope, or at least a or a small deal for people that care, but. I think that that's the way we're doing it. I think that the ad-based stuff, it's like, who cares? Like, I get it. Like, some people are like, I actually like it because it actually does give me things that I want to buy. But then again, how many things do you need to buy? Like, if you have a a problem and you want to solve it, just look it up online and then find the solution and buy that, you know? But, like, I don't think this idea of just casually, like, doing your social networking is like, oh, a sweater. That's cool. I'm sure that... You know, people have bought things that they're very happy with, and the algorithm provided, you know, some things like that. But I would just rather not. Yeah, I would think that if you wanted it enough, you wouldn't need the reminder. No, you wouldn't. It's like, oh, it's like a point of purchase or something. Oh, better get this gum. I mean, it does work, but I just, I just rather not, you know, or at least have a huge control over what you want to see and and put it in another section. Um, I just, want to have more control over how, you know, because Instagram, as you know, it's like they, they change their interface all the time. It's like, where's that plus button? Oh, now it's at the top. Now it's not at the bottom. Oh, shopping's at the bottom. Oh, this motherfuckers. Like everything, it's like every day I'm expecting, oh, we're, now where did they move a function? Now, now what are they copying? What did they add now? Like what what other shitty thing are they putting? Are they, they have the, the, you know, the Midas touch of shit, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, man. But they're like, but we're on top. So that's with we have to use us yeah you don't have a choice yeah you don't have a choice but so i hope that there's like a challenger out there that's like no we're doing subscription based everybody's loving it and then of course instagram will copy it because that's they don't have original ideas at this point so it's they're like looking like oh what else is oh yeah that let's copy that uh so i don't know i hope something like that happens and maybe maybe i'll make whatsapp that place uh uh, I, you know, I think people will have fun. Like if you could do all the same stuff you can do on something like Instagram, um, but you never see an ad and it feels like you have way more control over the way it looks, you know, the way your profile looks and all that stuff, a lot of customization. I mean, I think people would really dig that. I think. Yeah. seems like it would be less exploitive too. Right. And like better for the creator as, as an artist yourself, I can imagine that the whole, you know, I, so many musicians I know are, absolutely despise the way the recording industry 
and the music industry pretty much takes advantage of them and the the kind of hoops they have to jump through to be able to make any kind of money with their music and it feels like if you're putting your music on something that is free or your creativity out there into something that's free you now have to play this kind of really gross attention economy game rather than just be like here five dollars if you really give a damn and you can have access to everything yeah no that's completely right it is very frustrating and and something that i try to uh, remind people of is uh, and I'm sure I didn't come up with this term, but you know, the direct economy, mm. like, you know, uh, where you're just directly buying things from people, uh, you know, if, like your favorite band, like, yeah, we've got these things for sale, like, or you've got these, uh, file, these digital files, there's dig- the digital album. Here's the actual physical record, like whatever format you want to buy physical or digital. Um, it's all, uh, it all goes to the band. Um, you know, and obviously hidden charges for whatever their deals are, but like, you know, on their side, they would handle that, but like, here's the price and you get to have it. It's really simple. Here's the thing you want. It's how much it costs. Now you have it. And I think, and that was like early days, like, you know, nineties, I remember in the nineties, like some band selling CDs and they made like, I don't know, like a shit ton of money. It was like $600,000 or $500,000 off of sales because they were selling units for, whatever it was at the time, 12, you know, 12 to 15 bucks. And, you know, and they have 10,000 fans and then 10,000 fans buy the, that record or whatever, you know, they were making really good money and that was just like direct sales. So it doesn't, it seems pretty natural. And because you could still use, you could still have your music on those other services, but then you have your like, um, whatever your app site, you know, or, you know, you're part of a, some, some kind of a direct economy site or something like that. And, and you just make money directly from the, from your fans. And I think that even though that's an old concept, uh, I think that it can come back in a new way um, that greatly simplifies our relationship to the internet because we spend too much time just in these algorithmic feedback loops, you know, these engagement traps uh, and I, I would rather I would rather lose myself in like naturalistic displays of human intention, you know, rather than accidental, um, you know, hooks that are trying to bring you into the thicket, you know, and off the off the trail that you were originally on. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that you kind of protect yourself against those hooks? I don't do the best job of it. No, <laughs> we I none of us do. No, I know. I don't. I mean, I mean, I go down YouTube. Uh, wormholes quite a bit i mean i guess you could say they're all things that i'm interested in but they definitely take a lot of my time a lot of time and uh i just get it i can feel that addiction and i'm addicted to the addictive feeling of it you know um like oh what news did i miss um you know who said something on my post that i posted you know what what are they saying on twitter uh about this thing that i did most of my time is me just wondering like how people are reacting to things that I put out there. So I feel like there's some kind of usefulness to it, I think. Um, but yeah, other things like just the algorithm or Instagram getting me sometimes I'm pretty good at like when I get the Instagram, I just go straight to my profile, straight to my post and then just look at the comments. And then I might look at my friends, like I'll just scroll through and see what my friends are up to a little bit. But I try to stay away from that stupid opening page that has like the algorithmic, you like skateboards, so here's a badass skateboards. Sometimes it's useful, but I don't like the way it, they, they do it. It just it just feels like an obvious, it just feels like drugs. Mm-hmm. 
really, it really does. Not, and I love drugs, but not those kind of drugs. Yeah, yeah. You you mess around with design a lot. I feel like like is, is there something in your mind that you've thought would be a better approach, like beyond just direct uh, purchasing and um, subscriber models? Like, is there something that you would love to see these tech companies do to change up how they're interfacing with people? I would just rather them be honest, like just keep it simple. You know, yeah. I, think that, I think that the the complexity of the market based approach, um, you know, when you have major corporations, those shareholders and that it's just too much complexity. And and there's no way that's going to be in the interest of the user at the end of the, of the day. The only thing they want is they want they want numbers. They want engagement and they want metrics. They want to be able to game the fuck out of the system. So I don't know how a major corporation could do good. Like a full like this is for you guys. You know, I I just don't I don't know how they're gonna do that i mean apple's like the closest thing like where they're talking about privacy and and i love what they did with facebook i love that they're just like like now there's we're gonna have a nutritional label for you know privacy and uh and you're gonna get a lot of f's because you're the worst and uh you know and and just because you have a monopoly on it that's why it needs to break open to other form forms um that have just as much money backing them you know in the beginning and kind of can recoup at least through some kind of a subscription or, or some other, you know, um, some other method of generating income that is based off of the willingness of users, uh, to be excited about the, the experience mm -hmm. uh, rather than a coercion, um, uh, and trickery. So, and EULAs that are way too long that no one's ever going to read. And you're just like, oh, whatever. I understand. I would love to see a one paragraph EULA. It's just like this is it. This yeah. is all. This is all we're doing. All your data belongs to us. Check yeah. it out. Thanks for reading. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Exactly. It's like no. You're just willing. It's like you got to mimic the physical world to a certain extent, right? It's not like you walk into a club and certainly there's advert advertisement, but if you went into like a dance club or whatever, you walk in and you'll see a banner behind the DJ. It's like sponsored by you know Columbchuck and Glafglarf and you know like all these like music. Things. That's totally I get it. Those are sponsors, right? And they're like helping make the event the shit but it's different than like you know walking in and you know people have done sketches about this but just like someone running up and immediately like have you tried this new flavor of gum and blah and no no I'm, I'm just trying to go dance man and it's like hey how about this hat you like it yeah we, we were selling them over here uh, now that's that's cool man hey how about that you know it's cheesy as fuck yeah. it's it's square it's cheesy it's tasteless it's tacky and it's disappointing and um like do better do you yeah. remember Chappelle's ad blocker? Skit? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was one of them. Yeah, that was one of them. Oh my god! I mean, it's so rad. I mean, they nailed it, you know. But like, and but the thing that sucks is like when that's all you got. When all you have is TikTok, Twitter, you know, Instagram, and whatever else I'm missing. Um, that's all you got. Yeah. You know, it's like we don't. We, it's crazy that that's all we have. And I, and I know that probably some people out there are like, well, there's actually, you know, a few other things. I don't know of them, you know, and I, yeah. I, I don't spend my time necessarily scouring for like new stuff. But, uh, you know, I, it's just it's funny. It's just funny that that's like that's all we got. It's like we're we're choice poor, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like so many creatives and technologists I'm talking to right now are like pining for that. Douglas Rushkoff, early 90s, like cyber 
open cyber world experience that we all thought was going to come and never came because all the corporations just moved in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They built their own layer on top. They're like, yeah. this, this is our world. And you're like, actually, it's not. We just think it is. Uh, you know, there are people working on Web3, you know, right now. And um, decentralization is a big element to it. And encryption is a privacy is a huge deal. I think there'll be some kind of a someone will figure out a way to make that very easy to navigate. Um, and I've definitely experienced a little bit of Web3 and uh, it's it's great. It's super cool. I love uh, the interactivity of it. It definitely is not as well funded as like these other corporations have. But I think with the goodwill of engineers and programmers and coders, um, something can be generated. Someone can bring something together to create a unified, decentralized platform that, that people can connect however they want to connect. Um, so I think that that may that may happen. I think people will just get fed up with it's an inferior product right now. Mm. With all of our products that we use to interact with the Internet, people forget that they think that that is the Internet. It's not the Internet. That's just a layer on top of the infrastructure that that someone's using. They're just building a city on top of it. But there's a city underneath that city and there's a city on top of that city and there's cities yet to be built. So. To think of it in that way is important because we need to be looking for other options. It's like they're doing like a a sliver of the potential of, of the Internet, like Instagram and all of that stuff. It's like such a tiny, tiny. It's like using two horsepower out of a 2000 horsepower motor, you know, it's like they're using two, two percent of that potential. How do you feel about things like uh, basic income in terms of like switching up the the market forces? Do you oh, I like love that. that? Yeah, I love that. Universal ba basic income is great. It, it makes sense. Like, I mean, essentially, everything should be looked at uh, through the lens of engineering and efficiency. Um, and and but with the premium, the lead being the lead metric uh, is um, human well being. So that needs to be a value that's in. In, inherent in the system that's what we're that's what it's it's for it's for that um, as long as it's for that uh, then it only makes sense that people's basic needs should be taken care of what people do with that income if they want to blow it or if they want to like invest it wisely or they just want to use it what that's that's up to them they can you know people can still fuck up but at least they're given the opportunity to at least play on a beginning level field uh that provides housing water food you know you can pay your rent those those types of things that that makes sense to me and that only makes for a more efficient society then the the less that people are struggling the more that they can use their brain power for things that are going to advance us as a human race and people can actually take the time when you when people complain about like environmental issues or social justice issues we environmentalists and social justice people definitely go too far they they, they they like go so far that they end up turning off the people that they want to turn on which isn't good their intentions are great but they go too far too extreme too militant and i understand the exuberance of youth and all of that but it's um it doesn't work it, it just you know you're just like it's just an echo chamber like you're like yeah you guys feel this way yeah i feel this way it's like yeah those guys suck yeah those guys suck and then the other people are like you guys think that we suck and we think that you suck it's like well that's not gonna that's not doing anybody any good so i think when you kind of equalize the playing field when people are less 
are in less of a survival state, uh, then things start to get interesting. People can kind of mellow out from their extreme positions and be looking for more compromises and realize that, that we all are looking for solutions for the same things. Um, and when we're in a survival state, then people can move in and, and take advantage of that state. Oh, you're frustrated? Yeah, you should be frustrated. These fuckers over here are blah, 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 blah. Socialists, woke, whatever, all, you know, like all the terms that we hear, that I hear, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? This has nothing to do with making these people's lives better. You're just yeah. praying off of their frustration. That's like, and if they knew that, they would be so embarrassed and they would be so pissed at you right now. So that's the only game you have is just division. Mm -hmm. And so there's a bunch of parasites that are feeding off of disparity and, and gaming it. And so I think anything that seeks to get rid of uh, these inequities, these basic inequities, I'm, I'm all the way for it. And it has nothing to do with socialism or any of that. It's just a pragmatic solution. That's, yeah. that's how I look at it. It's not, it's not loaded. It's not political. It's just human. I agree 100%. I mean, I think that's one of the things we're missing with a lot of the conversations culturally and technologically is so much of the behavior that we're not liking from people in terms of getting caught up in those traps in the intention economy of, of wanting to just swipe your phone for hours on end, of mm. hating the other, even mm. though you're engaging in behavior that's just like them. A mm. lot of that feels like the result of just honestly having your needs not met. Yes, 100%. I mean, it's like the the parable of the, you know, the the lion and the witch in the wardrobe. No, the lion, you know, <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the thumb, with the thorn in its paw or whatever. Which one is this? And he's like, he's got like the worst attitude. He's like, like turning on everybody and like attacking everybody. And then like this little tiny animal realizes that it's got a thorn in its paw and removes the thorn. And then the lion is like, oh, thanks. And that's kind of what it is. It's like people if they don't have their needs met and they're dissatisfied with their lives and they have people preying on that dissatisfaction and amplifying all the negative factors and creating an addiction out of that um, frustration loop um, what do you expect yeah someone's gonna someone has a gun someone's gonna get fed up and they're gonna ram their car into a bunch of people so, or they're gonna hurl epithets at, you know at people passing on on the street or they're going to create whatever all the all the things that we know that happen that have nothing to do with a person being an asshole i don't think people are inherently assholes um i think that they're a, a product of their circumstances and i think that uh, some people are stronger at going like oh i'm not going to fall for that you know and kind of encouraging people around them not to fall for that and Tell, asking people to resist, you know, like in 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 a useful version of resist, um, uh, like where you're like, no, you need to resist the the temptation of otherism because that's it's pretty easy to do. It's fun to fun to poke fun at somebody else and and uh, and you know and get energy from that. But it's it's such a it's a, such a fleeting energy and it's not sustainable. So and it doesn't solve the problem. Not at all. No, not at all. I mean, that's why you know I I always say. Uh, or there was a jam that I did with Mark Rebier and Flying Lotus in one of the songs we did. I kept repeating the phrase solution-based mind state. And uh, and that's kind of the thing. It's like I, I believe like ultimately people want to solve problems. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. You could be a gun-loving, Second Amendment, freedom, whatever, uh, head. And then there's like some ultra-liberal, uh, you know, very 
social minded person and they're off they're on a roadside they they both see a truck and it's like off the road and there's people stranded and both of them get out of their cars and they're like how can i help oh can I help i say yeah i need to we need to leverage this oh how do i oh you know what i got a winch she's like oh look at winch. what do you got you know, when people are come together to solve problems it's like all that shit just goes away it's because it's not worth anything there's no value to any of that mind state it's just junk food it's a bunch of Hershey's kisses and like Werther's original, you know, it's like just empty out the bowl and, you know, uh, and eat something nutritious, you know, like that's, I think people are just problem solvers and dreamers and um, aspirational. I think that's what we are at our base state and we get fooled into being in other ways. Yeah. I mean, if you can't access those aspirations, then you need to find meaning in some other way. And if the only avenue left to you is tribalism or Mm -hmm. hatred or some sense of uh animosity and you have culture cultural narratives and technologies that are uh exacerbating that yes it's going to be really hard to resist it oh my gosh and the thing that sucks about it is it's all at least in my my theory is that it's based off of biology yep you know we have our bio there is a biological imperative to protect our tribe you know, our family. These are our units that are important to us and we need to survive. And the biology wants us to reproduce and whatever. It's like, that's kind of like the, but then you add on top of it, consciousness and awareness. And then you get into a crazy mess of trouble because now we have this ability to choose what we'd like, how we'd like to be, um, who we'd like to be, um, how we'd like things to function, what the world should be like and so forth. And, and some people are, for the greater good and they see like oh this is important to find connection in other beings and even beings that are seem really hostile mm-hmm. uh, we need to figure out a way to connect with them we need to protect ourselves in the meantime but we also need to, we should be working on a way to communicate with them and connect with them to show our commonalities and that's like the greater part of awareness the other side of it of course is taking advantage of a situation and um, which again is biological it's like oh i found a food source I'm not, I'm going to hoard it and I'm going to not tell anybody about it. And I'm going to tell them a giant monster lives in the forest that keeps killing people mm-hmm. um, and to keep people away from that food source, which again is like, it's still kind of neutral ish because it's a, it's a, it's a survival tactic, right? It's like, ah, everyone's starving. We found a food source instead of like, how can we divvy up this food? So that, you know, uh, instead it's just like, ah, just let's keep it all for my family. So there's a lot of biology involved and it's hard to access the greater, the higher mind. But like we were just saying, the easiest way is to alleviate the inequity, as many inequities as possible. There's no, there's plenty of food in the world for everybody. There's plenty of water for everybody in the world. There's plenty of energy to be created smartly um, all over the world. There's no reason why we can't be more kind to nature and the animals around us, it really does make people feel good. And people will double down on their like, I'm a hunter and I blah, 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 you know, um, with that kind of attitude as opposed to like, oh, I hunt for food, you know, which is like completely neutral. I, I, I'm, I'm like not against people hunting per se, but the attitude behind and, and the nonchalance of destruction is is a is a problem because it's a reaction to people. Um, being against it and then people saying you got to double down on that in order to be a, a man or, a, mm. you know, or a, a, an apex predator or whatever whatever it is and you know so everything's just extreme i guess but 
if you do solve those inequities, man, all those kids that are like super starving somewhere, imagine if all those kids had food to be able to have the energy to think and to dream and to work collaboratively and people are sharing their ideas. I mean, every problem could be solved. I mean, yeah. we, right now we've, we have a waste of brain brain resources. like Huge waste. Barely any of it. It's crazy. That's one of the reasons I'm a techno-optimist, man, is because I feel like if you could use technology to do something like a resource-based economy or to do something complex like basic income and to help manage that huge scale of a project, then you can say, hey, look, here's your food, here's your shelter, and here's your belonging. Everybody accepts you. We're taking care of you. And then immediately you lose that whole sense of like, they're going to take my job. So I need to fight for a more a bigger job. I need to go online. So, and, and become famous and make these like certain kinds of TikToks and be this certain kind of person for people so that they'll follow me so I can become an influencer. Like you can get rid of all that motivation and that person can just wake up and be like, how can I be the most badass version of myself today? And then give that to the world. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Techno-optimism. Yeah. It's, um, it, I think, and I've always viewed it that way. I mean, I remember doing a gig for a Microsoft. I think I performed in front of like 18,000 Microsoft engineers in Damn. Las Vegas. Um, some like, you know, internal, you know, kind of, uh, I think it was some maybe Azure. It was like an Azure cloud thing. Anyways. Were they lively? Were they a lively bunch? They, you know, they're... <laughs> they're engineers you know they're they're just engineering around they all have their railroad hats on now um they uh you know it was like it was in a, a sports stadium so it had like the huge jumbotron so they had like cameras on me and i was like on the jumbotron and i remember at one point i just i said uh i was like remember uh there is no problem that cannot be solved by all of us and especially you um engineering mindset is kind of like to me is my favorite mindset because all it is is problem solving that's all engineering is yeah uh, what's the challenge what do we want to achieve how do we achieve it what's the best way to achieve oh it's like collectively decide on what iteration Ah, oh, this isn't quite working but we do keep this from this last iteration and we'll iterate again so there is like a there's a i mean engineering isn't necessarily like people are like yeah it's such a blast being an engineer but but that mindset of problem solving is so much fun. I love like going out in the world and going like, oh, this is how I can. I mean, I have bad habits too. Like, you know, I'll do stuff in traffic where I'm like, oh, I didn't really like that part of myself, what I just did there or whatever. You know, it's but if you're striving to look out for people that need help and, and help when you can and don't make a big you don't necessarily need to make. I think people think it's all, it's so all or nothing. It's like, I have to be mother Teresa or like, I'm, I'm nothing, you know, I have to be uh Gandhi or I have to like go work for Greenpeace and like, you know, almost drown trying to protect whales. Like there's such small, it's all scalable. It's like, if you're just a nice person in your neighborhood that puts your gar your neighbor's garbage cans back on the curb and closes them, that's fucking rad. You know, if you see some wrappers, you know, in a forest or whatever, you know, just pick them up and put them in your pocket and throw them away later. Or, or, or there's like your annoying, your, your neighbor has like a gardener that comes by that's like using a fucking gas powered leaf blower and which, which I've done this, but like, and then I just buy an electric leaf blower and I go here, can you just use this? Just like solve, you know, I'm just like, oh, this, try this instead. Or I saw there was a, 
uh, a waitress the other night who was writing and it was like a really dark club and she was like using the candle on the table to kind of like see stuff and I'm like oh, you know they make this thing called a pilot's pen and it has a light on the tip of the pen and it's not too bright it's just bright enough so that you can see what you're writing and you can use it a little bit like a flashlight for a menu or whatever and she was like oh shit and then she like looked it up and like ordered one on the spot and I'm like some people just don't they don't think of things to make their lives easier so if you're the type of person that is an optimizer you know and not an intrusive optimizer but like you know someone who's like hey would, would you try this and see if you like it that's how i am i'm, I'm yeah. so i that's my style of problem solving or talking about you know the fact that you can do this on a platform um is sometimes people are like i never really thought of that like yeah it's like there's so many things you can do every day to improve the world around you in a very small, very doable way that doesn't make you feel like, you know, oh, I didn't do it. I didn't do enough good today. <laughs> you know, like it's not a competition. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I love about your style, man, is that you, you do innovate in ways that I think make people realize there's a whole nother direction you can take. You know what I mean? You, you tend to open up little doors and windows into new trajectories and give people a uh, pilot's pin version <laughs> of uh, you know creative opportunity. Yeah. Oh, th- I'm glad. I'm glad that comes off like that. I mean, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be helpful. It, it always is. It's just like, oh, hey, do you need help with your groceries? Oh, excuse me, I'm gonna get get this door for this person. You know, and it's it's. I don't know. I get off on it. I'm just like, ooh, I love being an aware person. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing to get off on. There. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Uh, what, I know we're uh, coming up on the hour and I want to respect your time. Uh, is there anything that you want to talk about or touch on or tell people about that you're working on before we wrap this up? Yeah, I mean, you know, I got my app, WhatsApp. I, I'm not doing a ton on it, but you can uh, check it out. It's free to download. It's on iOS and Android. Um, it's on Android. Uh yeah, that's that's pretty fun. There's some cool stuff there. I'll be streaming some things um, in the future and stuff. Uh, other than that, I have an EP coming out with my electronic music project that I do with John Tejada called Wahada. And uh, we're releasing an EP on Brain Feeder, uh, three new tracks soon. Um, so look out for that. And uh, yeah, I've been doing stuff with Mark Rebier, like recording a little bit and um, and stuff with a guy named Tyler Hammond, who's this 23-year-old prodigy jazz drummer from, I don't know where he's from, he's from space. Uh, <laughs> but uh, And so we've recorded some stuff too. So there'll, there'll be some forms of music and some forms of projects that I'm working on personally that will emerge in the future. But WhatsApp, I should, I'll, I'll talk about it on WhatsApp and also on, uh, uh, what's that place called? Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's good that you're forgetting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Could you imagine that? A post-Instagram world? Ooh. One can dream. One can dream. Yeah. <laughs> Reggie, man, I really appreciate you taking the time. Man, I, I appreciate the talk, man. It's nice to talk to a like-minded, uh, aware individual. Yeah. Cheers, man. Thank you. And now we're going to go to a short message about our premium membership experience and how you can unlock your special offer for a two-week free trial. Singularity's premium membership is your chance to be part of an exclusive, private community of like-minded leaders and changemakers who are committed to professional growth and impact. You'll have access to a constant stream of webinars, roundtables, and professional networking events focused on exploring the key concepts and trends of exponential technology, where you'll be joined by both your peers and by a panel of academics and experts. 
You will also receive research and insights created and curated by our global experts, which are designed to help members gather, develop, and inform action on a variety of topics and issues related to exponential technology and impact. For a limited time, we're giving podcast listeners a free two-week trial membership of this premium experience simply by going to singularity.org slash two-week trial. That's singularity.org slash two, as in the number two, week trial, where you can click try free to begin. You'll also find this link in the show notes of the podcast. And there you have it, everybody. Two free weeks of premium membership ready for the taking. If you've been wanting a chance to get a look inside Singularity, this is probably one of the best chances to do so. And also, let's mention the executive program we touched on in the intro. For those of you who are ready to take your next transformative leap into becoming a leader of the future, you can join us from November 7th to the 11th in Silicon Valley, where we will help you challenge what is possible. This is your chance to develop a new understanding about the role of technology in tomorrow's world, and you'll leave the program inspired with a new radical mindset and skill set that will help you start companies, change companies, and even change communities. You can learn more about this by visiting su.org slash EP2021, where you will be able to apply. Both the links for the two-week free trial and the executive program are in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. Otherwise, thank you everybody for listening.